forever. Dog. Hey, bitch. What is your whole deal? Hey, bitch. Just tell us how you feel. You wish for a sign from above. Well, here's a podcast about voice sex, fucking, dating, and love. Seek treatment. If you're boring as fuck, seek treatment. If you're unlucky and Hey. hey! It's Kitty Cat, CocoCappuccino.comista. It's Patrick Lululemon um, Regan. And we're back in the studio with Adam Eli, author of the four, is it forthcoming? Is that the word we use? Forthcoming. Forthcoming, The New Queer Conscience. But what does yes. that mean, Adam? Can you tell me what that means? So conscience is like the idea of like, like when you do something wrong, like you feel bad about it. Yeah, or yeah. Like, or like you help someone you help a stranger on the subway because they fell because of your conscience like it's an innate thing that just tells you to do that yeah so the thesis of my book is that queer people anywhere are responsible for queer people everywhere uh-huh. because I think like being built into the DNA of being Jewish means you like show up for other Jewish people and I want queer people to adopt that same ideology and I list out like 10 things that they can like maybe do to try to make our world more to make our community like a more loving place. Yeah, that's so incredible. Do you ever do you ever fall victim to that kind of like um like toxicity of like um Yes. Yeah, or like yeah. I just feeling like there's not enough to go around, like feeling competitive exactly. with, with other gay men. Pat, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. I my Put like them t- back, Pat. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm a thief. I'm a slutty thief. <laughs> my my like toughest moments are like when something good happens to another gay person yeah usually yeah. another like gay man and then i i'm like angry or i feel bad about it yes like someone i know like had this like thriving podcast it's like i didn't or like you know he okay, like you're talking about me adam, right adam. Know, I mean, he, like, he like got a, he like got a solo show and i was like Ugh. and he's like adam like you're not an artist and also like you love his work and think that he's hot and lovely yeah <laughs> you think that he's hot and lovely <laughs> well adam you are an artist first and foremost Second, secondly um no i know exactly what you mean yeah it it's makes same it... with it's same with woman it's like when a woman my therapist is asking me why i felt so threatened by other women taking shit from me it's like something i struggle with so much and why do you i think it's because like i think it's because like imposter syndrome like as women and queer people we've been like put down all of our lives so then like when we do achieve things like writing a book or like being iconic, like <laughs> so, coming, like, queer comedian, comedian with like really hot boyfriends, we're like constantly <laughs> So for me, I mean? for me, actually, I'm the only person who doesn't suffer from imposter syndrome. I, in fact, I okay. think I deserve a lot more. And whenever I get, whenever I get something, I'm like, yeah, of course. <laughs> do you ever have imposter syndrome? Oh, yeah. Like every single second. Um, yeah. I will, you know what? It's been manifesting lately in a way of like, Normally, I get it in terms of like, oh, um, I'm not very, I'm not as good as people think, or like I keep trying, I'm keep, I'm keeping fooling everyone into keeping thinking I'm funny, and then lately, it, what um a new feeling has been like um getting good things, like I've I've had like an exciting month and getting good things and feeling like a profound and paralyzing guilt around it, like in a very vague way. Really? Like every time I get good news, I get so guilty. Like I feel, um, what do you think that is? I have no idea. Wait, I, why do you, what do you feel guilty about bitch? 
Um, <laughs> You're the I, funniest, smartest person I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. I'm like, I, psychically in love with you. I your stand-up hat literally on YouTube. There was one, there's one video of yours or stand-up of yours that has disappeared. Yes, I took that recording and I'm obsessed with it and I want it back. I maybe I will put that. I for some reason I one time like threw a fit and took all my stand-up off YouTube because I felt like it wasn't good. I guess that's imposter. But I was like, um It's like eleven minutes and it's at Caroline. That's that's me opening for Catherine at Caroline's. Okay. Literally, I love that video and was looking for it and I couldn't find it. I will maybe put it back up. I am, um, you know, it's like, I think that, I don't know what it is. I was talking to my therapist about it um, last time. And, you know, we were talking a lot about my, I don't know if I, I don't know how much I want to say. Um, we talked about my family and how just growing up guilt was like a big kind of motivator for like a lot of different decisions. And, um, and I think that just is my primary lens through which I see things. Like if I'm getting something good, it feels. And also because I feel that same kind of like worry when someone else gets something good. Uh-huh. I feel like for so long, it's been so ingrained in me like that I have not gotten. Like I had a really rough 20s and I think I just feel like um, I, there is a sort of why me type feeling of like, oh, why should I get this, not someone else? And like um, just feeling badly like i've um that's so like, funny because literally my thought is like why me why is someone else getting something instead of me i mean i feel that too it's <laughs> what, what you learn is that you actually will never be happy no matter what that's exactly unless you're happy internally it's so annoying i know yeah. it's so annoying adam how do you try and work towards that internal happiness because it's so fucking tough i've been struggling with it so much lately in core it's so hard okay so basically it's so difficult because i always thought i was like okay like once i put out like my first book like then I'll feel better. Like if right. any time of your happiness, I think it's like, if then it's not going to work. Right. And I think that it has to be like, I do like not to get all like spiritual, but I do think that it's like all about like a belief that like something bigger than you exists. Totally. And you let your destiny, Oprah voice, like let your destiny unfold and like not worry about it too much. Do you and know, like, Adam, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I ask, do you have people in your life who are like in recovery? Yes, there are people. Because that's a very, very big kind of, like, recovery. But that, to me, is the only time I can feel happy is, like, I have to constantly remind myself, like, not the if, like, not, like, if my life can turn out a certain way, I'll be happy. But it's, like, I have to figure out how to understand exactly how my life is in the moment and, like, accept it and be, like, within these confines, I can be happy. Or just believing that it is enough and good. You know what I mean? Like, it always, it always feels like things have to change to be happy. And it's, like... What if they don't? What if everything is fine and I'm just focusing on things that I think should be different? But really, I don't even know any better. And maybe, maybe you know, one time Jenny Barringer, who's my favorite, one of my favorite runners, she was um, historically good in college at the um, at a lot of different events. Her, her senior year at Colorado, she'd been to the Olympics. She came back. She like set every single NCAA record indoors and outdoors. She could have went pro after her senior year, but she had one season left of cross country eligibility, and she came back just to get her NCAA single title. So she said no to a huge amount of money because I was like, she was so marketable at that moment. She's like, I want to go back to college one more time. I want to just use my last season of eligibility at cross country, win the title and just satisfy myself in that way. So she went in head and shoulders above any other woman in the NCAA. It was like, it was a foregone conclusion that she was going to win. And um, the race went off. It was 2009. She 
halfway through just kind of collapsed and there was nothing physically wrong with her she just got like a panic attack kind of fell on oh the ground like God. she got a, she got 163rd she she her her last two appearances she got in second this one she was she could have beat everyone in the field by a minute and it was like you know two years later there, i watched an interview with her and some and someone asked her about that race and and by the way like subsequently she's won four global medals she's the most decorated american distance runner of all times and she was like you know what i think about that race is like if you gave me a paper like if i wrote out my career and i decided like i would it that would have never happened it would have came out a lot differently it would have been more difficult uh it would have been less difficult there would have been less obstacles but it wouldn't have been as good like it wouldn't at the end of the day it wouldn't have been as good and so it's to me i remind myself about that because it speaks to like i don't know what the best thing to happen to me is you know what i mean like exactly yeah like if you got all like when i was 21 like i wanted to be a reality star like if we got all the things that we wanted like life would be a waking nightmare totally i totally relate to that yeah it's kind of just like constantly asking my question like what if everything is fine you know what i mean like Mm. what if this is right you know like what if like and so I like could not read until I was in like fourth grade so like 10 year old walking around like not being able to read a stop sign and I spent the first like 18 years of my life no like 20 years when I went to college I was like I like made a vow to myself I was like I am not Jewish like I rid myself of all Judaism I didn't talk to any Jewish people I didn't go to the Hillel I used to tell people that I was Greek which like obviously didn't work and so (laughs) and if you told me like younger me that like I would be writing, which is something that I couldn't do mm. about the thing that I hated most. <laughs> like 17 year old me would be like furious slash like terrified. Totally. Why didn't you want to be Jewish? Because I couldn't be gay. There was no one out in, I didn't know a single out person. Mm. And I understood by the time I hit puberty that like the reason that was, was because I was in this super religious space. And then I was like, oh, yeah, well, fuck all this, like, religious, like, classes and all that kind of stuff. Wait, so, right. Adam, wait, so let's get back to what your parents, so when did you know you were gay? What, and your dad, who's, like, into jerk, was he kind of, like, <laughs> fine with it? Or was he, like, wait, I meant straight jerk? Um, you know, like, you know, like, the knockoff Disney movie, The Swan Princess? Yes. Yes. Okay. If... I, like, wanted to blow the prince, like, from day one. I always knew I was gay. Yeah. And- I had a gay uncle and I had a gay cousin. So I knew that my parents were going to be cool with it, which they totally were. Yeah. But it was still so scary because yeah. every single person that I met, I like genuinely didn't know what they, I'd known like two people that came out before me, like from my school. Yeah. And I, I like didn't know. Totally. It was the kind of thing too in my school was like, no one really was out and gay. And in college, I think there was like one person who was out and gay. But if you were going to be gay, that had to be your whole entire personality. You know what I mean? And it felt like, like you were going to lose the rest of yourself. And like now that is my entire personality. I know. That's a- <laughs> 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 um, so how, how old were you when you came out? You want to you wanna, um, hear something crazy? 25. Wow. Yeah. What about you? I was, I like, so I went to school in LA because like I needed to get as far away from like everything that I knew as possible. So I could like be myself, whatever. And then like eventually go, go back. And so I like full on like hopped off the plane at LAX and was like, I'm gay. Like I have a dream. <laughs> and with the, with the dream and a cardigan. Being gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. Interesting. And um, that was for college. And that was for college, but I was so, so, so scared. And I started like smoking so much pot and like mm. not handle it. Pat never like ate it. I know. Pat doesn't what what about me and Pat 
doesn't like pot. Doesn't about, like pot. What about, what about pot and cat? Can't do pot. Yeah. I, I, I We're trying to think of something with pot and pot and then throw cat in there, but honestly, my brain isn't working right now. <laughs> that should be Wait, but Adam, how did you find your way back? I want to say to the church, but what, how would you put it? So my so when I was like out there telling everyone that I was Greek and like fully not Jewish, my mom started this organization called Mosaic of Westchester, which like seeks to enrich the Jewish community through LGBT inclusion. Mm. And like one day, I just I honestly I wish I wish I had a better answer for this because so many people ask me this and I feel like I could be of help, but I don't know. Like I woke up and was like, I like being gay and Jewish. And so I decided to throw something that I called at the time like the gay Jewish house party. And I didn't know any gay Jewish people. So like I advertised it on like Tinder and like Instagram. Oh my God, amazing. And I like cut out like all of these like porn pictures and I hung them in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm gay and Jewish. But I still didn't like understand. I still had so many issues with it. So I just kept posting about them online. And then like eventually I like through that, like met other people who felt the same. And like now there's like a whole crew. Yeah. Now you have, you have such a big following like on Instagram and stuff. Did, would that just happen organically like through the kinds of like activism you were doing or what? kind of what what was your journey to become author of the queer conscience um I will tell you that but first I have to say that the two of you have your Instagram engagement is insane no what does that mean yeah what does that mean it's (laughs) (laughs) but no but also we also know but what does that mean (laughs) it means that like the amount of people that are interacting with the photos with the things that you're posting compared to the numbers that you have following is crazy oh you know what i feel like that's because we're the luckiest girls in america because even if we don't have a lot of fans the fans we have are so fucking die hard that i literally literally, you could i would die for any of our fans me too i would die for (laughs) any of our fans (laughs) and that's first of all your fans are really funny online they're so uh, funny like the truth loots account is so funny it makes me laugh so much i I just shared their post today which was there was a moment in in the 2000s (laughs) where you had to wear so many scarves if you were kelly clarkson (laughs) (laughs) um but the thing is, engagement is so much more important. Oh, than, really? Yeah, it only it matters like if you're posting to a big audience, but no one cares. It doesn't matter. But do you know what? I get annoyed that you guys got to do that. I didn't. Yes. Totally. Um, I want a Susan Alexandra bag. Like, what is going on? That lady doesn't care about me. <laughs> I literally want one for you, and I will. Give, I'm sure will, Susan would die to have you carry a Susan bag. I would carry a Susan. I would. That would see. I would carry a Susan bag all over. Town. We need to do a Susan Alexandra seek treatment um collab i would love that amazing and you know adam and i always see you where we see each other is like these premieres which is so fun it's like when we're both being professional homosexuals. totally it's funny because it's like professional (laughs) yeah yeah literally (laughs) literally um like a ryan murphy thing and then like oh a theater thing it was just like oh wait yeah adam when i first when you when you and i had become friends and you hadn't met pat yet pat was like is that the guy you know from the bags yeah 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 <laughs> i was i had such a resentment against like this woman who's like making bags for these people and like <laughs> and then she had like a musical for everyone to be in it like except for me everyone in new york city was in a musical like, you're gonna get along so great and we're just gonna if we're ever she's an angel i love her i love her from afar and i and i everything i say is out of respect because i want one of her pieces so bad because they look so cool to me they are the best bags and anytime you wear them guys and girls alike are saying Where, who makes that bag and old like old people young people kids yeah um uh, what was i going to say wait, wait, wait so uh, one more question that kind of falls okay. that oh sorry what were you gonna say well i was gonna cat's question about instagram oh yes oh, yeah. go off go off go off so you're both have insane engagement which is so much more important but i think that 
I gained a following because basically like, I think a lot of people in our generation had this sort of like come to moment when Trump was elected. They were like, oh my God, the world is ending and I like need to do something about it. And I had that same come to moment. I just like happened to have had it six months earlier of when Orlando Pulse happened. Yeah. So Pulse happened and like my world was like, went insane and like totally shaken. Yeah. Because I like came out during like Obama, Ellen, born this way, you know? Right. And I'd like never seen anything like that. And so I like became a part of Gays Against Guns and I became their social media director. Amazing. So like by the time that Trump was elected, I had already spent like six months using social media as like an activist and organizing tool. So like amidst the chaos, I like wasn't freaking out because I was like, okay, like I know like how to deal with this. Right, and, I think- right. and then even before that, I'm curious, like when you were in college and stuff, did you always want to be a writer or what did you want? What was your dream when you were younger before you, you know, blossomed as it were? Okay, first of all, thank you. And second of all, I literally had no idea what I wanted to do. I worked in retail and that was a success. But beyond that, I had absolutely no idea. Are any of your brothers penis doctors? No, none of them are. But what did the two of you want to be? I movie star? To, I wanted to write for TV when I was little. I, I found a thing from when I was in sixth grade and I said I wanted to be one of the people on Hollywood Squares who was in a square. And I, <laughs> I knew to get that I had to establish myself in the comedy world. I feel like you're both like very much on the road to doing what you wanted to do. Then. When I was young, I wanted to write TV, but I bet I wanted to write like, um, I think I probably wanted to write like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like, like drama-y stuff that sure can be funny. Like, sure, there's gorgeous teen girls making clever quips, but it's, like, more kind of drama. And then my just natural, um, my natural sensibility always used, like, I can never kind of resist going for a laugh when I can get one. And so it ends up being, like, I end up writing comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that you're, that you are very much on your way to being on Hollywood Squares. I say that with no doubt. Thank you so much. I don't remember what the movie's called. I'm sorry, but you are in like a movie trailer and you literally are wearing a hat and you like stole the whole. <laughs> I stole that hat. I literally stole that. Did hat. you? You stole, you, <laughs> no, you no, stole no, the no. whole hat. She stole the whole hat. Um, um, yeah, that was, that's officially the first movie I will ever be in. And I'm excited for whatever the next one is. I'm excited too. Um, what was I going to say though? Oh, so you didn't, you had no idea. And then how did things come to light? Come to, how did things solidify in your brain? About being a homo? No, about what you wanted to do professionally. Oh, so like, I didn't know. I like, I was a really big party boy. I worked in nightlife. And then around in early 2016, I like stopped drinking and stopped going out. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I'm sober. Well, like, I don't drink and I don't do drugs. Wow, Um, cool. I didn't know that. Same with Pat, but not same as me. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that either. Okay, I'm really excited to text you about it. Yeah, that's so funny because we could have because all those events we always see each other at. I'm always like, it's always kind of hell to not be drinking. So I, um, I wish we could have known that. But we'll yeah, know for the next one. and now we'll know for the next time that like we're invited to be gay somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so basically, so like after Orlando, after Orlando happened, I don't know. I just like I started doing the gays against guns stuff. And then, like, this idea for, like, a story, like, found, like I started, like, writing, like, my first, like, fictional thing. Mm-hmm. But then Trump got elected. And I was like, okay, putting that on the shelf, like, let me deal with this. And then writing started becoming a part of my activism. Um, like, I would write, I would only write about, someone was like, oh, you can write 
about this article, but like you don't have to write about something gay. And I was like, okay, first of all, why would I not do that? And also what would I write about? Yeah. And so, and then um, in 2018, I got the call from Penguin um, and Gucci That's- to do Zine on like literally like within on the same day. That is so exciting. Do you like shit yourself? Okay. So also on that day, I got invited to a Beyonce concert. Oh my <laughs> God. Fuck up. One of those, well, do you remember the date? It's a magical day for you. It was like July 7th, 2018. That's my dad's birthday. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And to have it be four amazing things happening at once. <laughs> for Adam. Four amazing things, things happening for Adam. I was in bed and I was like, and I, I was like, by the time I'd gotten out of bed, I was like, okay, my life has just changed. I'm like, I'm so glad I wasn't like out and about. Like I could have hurt someone, you know? Totally. <laughs> totally. But what's I going to say? Um, wait, and this- wait, also- When's your birthday, Adam? September 26th, 1990. So your Libra. Is that Libra vibes? I am a yes. You're cosplay Virgo. Yes, but I was like never taught. I don't. I was never taught your about. Parents astrology. didn't teach you. Your, the penis doctor didn't teach you about astrology growing no. up. How old were you when you learned about astrology? Oh my! Honestly, like teen teen magazines. Like I don't know. I I was honestly probably. I know very little. I think <laughs> that I was in my twenties by the time I really explored my own astrology, um, astrological self. But um, I was going to say, wait, the astrological also- self, a novel by Patrick. <laughs> the um, wait, this is what I want to say towards you, Adam. This also falls in the bucket of who were you, which against all odds, we're kind of still on. What um, <laughs> what? How many boyfriends have you had? Okay, this is a great question, and honestly, like very, like literally two, and both of them like were really short, and not. They were both like tall, but like they were both like really short relationships. And oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, it's why do we care if they're short? <laughs> I'm really unexperienced romantically and being a bottom. Totally. Well, I'm I only have had one boyfriend and also Okay, um, you did such a good job for like the one boyfriend though. Thank you so much. I know you literally it was like a love at first sight thing. I mean it yeah. wasn't it wasn't okay, really about that. They're just but, such a good match. It's really crazy. Like, they just get each other in this beautiful way. And they're both so, so funny. Thank you so much, Catherine. Hey, you're welcome, Pat. It's so I, funny uh, not being able to see you guys. I'm like, I, I'm like, like, I, I remember you. for but, some reason, all of us were on this. I don't remember why, but all of us were like, the three of us were like on the street walking somewhere. Yeah, yeah. we walked the wrong way to the party. Yes. Yeah. We were walking. And I remember, like, you and the two of you, you were just like walking like behind, a few steps behind us, holding hands. And I was like, ugh. I hate them and I love that. You oh know? my god, yes, that was when we first like really chatted, and that Catherine, that was also the night that um our fan broke into oh the my party god. and was taken out by Glamazon security warriors. <laughs> oh wait, what? This girl came up to us and she was talking. And she said she was like an exec somewhere. We were chatting with her. We thought she was in the party. We thought then- she was like some like Netflix executive, and then it turns out she was having dinner with her family in the restaurant next door. Had broken into the party and then was escorted out by Glamazon security officers. Oh. My, that's wild. I mean, yeah. we're we're in love with her. We're yeah. obsessed with her. If you're listening, that girl, you're literally one of my favorite people who listen. If you're listening, to that girl, please DM us so we can remember your name and give you the credit you deserve. Um, also, there's a statue of Ben Platt that was like three stories tall and like rotating in a fountain. Oh, wow. I'll never there? forget that. There, of course, there was. I didn't remember <laughs> that. But for me, what was really special about that night was I met Margaret from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, that's, really, <laughs> that's really special and also i was gonna um, say ben platt's official friend of the pub because we played taylor lord and oh on my really? insta show i'm gonna dm ben platt and say come on the pod i mean it's we gotta like, get him on the pod at this point he's gotta come on his but netflix all- um his big netflix thing i think is uh, is available now 
a queer, a fellow queer Jewish queen. I know. We have to stop. And it just, wait. And it, wait, this is crazy too. It just came out into the public that he's dating Noah Galvin, which is so one of the cutest things of all times. But oh, they're apparently, apparently they're the second couple of, of Evan Hansen's. That are da- there's I now- saw that online. I never <laughs> that knew about so that. Okay, That's so two- they are, they are in the other four, couple. There's four Evan Hansen's and they're all dating each other. And I'm really good friends with the other couple. And um, <laughs> one of their names is Ben and they love your podcast. And when oh I, I want all four, all four, uh, <laughs> Evans to come on. Yeah, wait, all four dear have, Evans. We're gonna have it. We're gonna have an Evan month where we have um, <laughs> exclusively the Evan Hansons. Yeah, and we'll talk about their kind of. Okay, the Evan month is in the same category of the girls in their gays basketball tournaments, where we yeah. swear to God it will happen. We just do not know at all when. It's been two well, for one gays basketball tournament. Kevin, oh do you know that we're coming up on our two year anniversary of when we recorded our first episode? That makes me cry tears of joy. What made you want? Like, how did this? start literally i just like i heard like i i always thought podcasts were stupid and then one day um i I guess i wanted one because everyone had one and then i was like wait pat and i are so funny and so we just emailed forever dog and i was like can pat and i do a podcast and they were like yeah (laughs) yeah and we started it and And then we started it i'll I'll never remember eating my lunch in like an empty office of when i was a temp gay receptionist Oh, I had like a computer paper out and I was like writing down podcast ideas. I was oh like, what? my God. But, um, and then we ended up like not really having one. And we recorded our first episode when? In July of 2018? In June. In June. June even. June Pride. Even. But what was I going to say? So, and also, Adam, on our podcast, we believe that three boyfriends is a lot. So two yeah. is, so two is robust. It's two, sub- substantial. Two but is they a were, like, one of them ended like really badly. Why? I'm like, okay, I'm going to share this. It ended really badly because basically he, we were set up and he was like so hot. <laughs> and I was like, we like went on a first date and made it out. And I was like, okay, I need to say this, which is like, my biggest nightmare is that like we start dating and then like you stop being sexually attracted to me because of my body. That's like my biggest Totally, fear. totally. And then literally six weeks later, that's like literally- <sighs> Like, he just, like, didn't want to have sex and, like, didn't want to have sex, didn't want to have sex. And I was like, what is going on here? I was like, we're, like, in our 20s. I don't want to be in a relationship with you if, like, we're not having sex. And he's yeah. like, I've just been stressed recently. And I was like, you are manifesting. Yeah. Oh. That I made you swear you weren't going to. Oh, my God. That sucks. Um, Yeah, that's such a fear. I um, Are you, like, someone who's very horny? Like, you like to be having sex a lot? No, the thing is, I always i don't look for validation from men because i think men are stupid yeah, yeah. for to validation from the internet and for like a cl- a claim you know what i mean like i so like i just like take all that energy and like put it into work you know what i mean totally wow now, i would love like a lesson in that um <laughs> adam this is incredible because against all odds this this episode is going slash has gone quickly which is okay we need you- to know who you are and who you want to be yeah Okay, so who I am right now is pretty anxious. Yeah. And I wish that I could do like Pat was talking about, which is that I could just be like happy with where I am and like what I'm doing. I'm like sitting here, like looking at this book and like being like, yeah, but like there's like a voice in my head that's like, yeah, but it's like not a novel. You know what I mean? It's like that voice in my head. Mm. Like, yeah. Getting up. That sucks. And so, yeah, I think that who I want to be is like someone that's doing things like not for validation but because they like really really want to yeah do you want to do you want to be books or do you want to be tv show 
Um, I, new segment. New segment. Do you want to be on the TV show? Okay. Famously, there are so many people in my life, and I think that both of you would fit this model and should fit this model that want their lives to become TV shows. Uh huh. And for some reason, I don't feel that way, but I think that I think that the two of you do, and I think that's really great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so Drag much. Us to absolute Lord, hell. hell on earth. Um, Do you believe in I, God? Um, I believe in a like a higher power and like a higher purpose, and that like something bigger than us is at play. Do you believe in God? I believe. Yeah, I believe the same. Same. I yeah. believe in God, like in the fact that like God can be anything, but there's something bigger. Um, but I, I was so scarred from the church that it's hard for me to believe in like you know. I've been, I've been coming, I've been kind of, a friend of mine sends me these very haunting videos of like young Christian married couples talking about their relationship to God and they re- they're really damaging. Well, for so, me, for like what I was talking about in terms of like just acceptance of like the place where you are, to me that like really depends on like some sort of belief in something, a higher power. Cause it's like, I have to believe it. Cause for me, it's like, I can point out a million reasons why things are in my life are not the way they should be. Mm. So I have to believe that there's something that knows more than me that's like, no, this actually is. You know what I mean? Like that's totally that's where the calmingness of it comes in. I totally, I totally agree. And I think that that's I think that's really hard to are do. You? Especially when there we're like constantly looking at like what we were talking about earlier, where like constantly comparing ourselves to each other. That's like what Instagram the platform is like built for, you know. Oh, it's so toxic. I've been muting lots of people because it makes me feel bad about myself. I delete the app off my phone like four or five times a day. And someone was like, that's unhealthy. And I was like, no, it's unhealthy that you're telling me. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, we have a few more segments before we go. And the first one is, do you feel hot today? Do I feel hot today? No. You look hot when I saw you briefly on the video before everything crumbled. Oh my God. Thank you. But I feel like quarantine has like obviously not been good for like body to glam. And also I always feel shit about my body like during pride and pride's coming up, even though we can't leave the house. Oh my god! I love the pink eyes, though. Oh, thank you. Um, and the you, gorgeous curls. You know, not everyone's lucky to have a head of hair like that, my guy. Yeah, I put on a Celine Dion shirt, mm-hmm. eyeliner, conditioner, and a kippa for the two of you. I'm honored, Pat. Do you feel hot today? You know, it's funny you ask. I I had a crazy night last night. Um, Popping. And I had a a deadline. Um, one of those weird deadlines where it's like it's not hard, but definitely as soon as possible. And like we're not gonna tell you exactly how much you have to do, but as much as you can. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. and so I put it off all day in this way. I'm also like, I swear to God, like at, between books, um, that are like so I read Cleanness, and I think before that I read Everything I Never Told You by Celeste. New- how do you say say your last name? At the Little Fires Everywhere. Anyways, after like a few serious books, I like really let myself indulge. I made a spreadsheet <clears throat> where I've listed all of Agatha Christie's works in pu- order of publication. Yeah. And I just order a million of them at a time on Amazon. And then like I go absolutely off in between books and I'll read like three Agatha Christie's and they're truly crack cocaine to me. So I did that all day yesterday and procrastinated. And then I started writing at like midnight <clears throat> I, and I was done by like 3.15. <clears throat> but my brain was so awake then that I could not get to sleep until like 6.30 a.m. That's why, Catherine, when you pushed this, when we had to push this back an hour, I was like, oh, my God, there is a God. There is a power greater than myself. See, that's how you know that God's real. So now I'm yeah. in this place where, like, I feel good that I wrote, but I feel, like, crazy that I haven't slept very much. And I feel like all that kind of comes together and says to me, I feel medium hot. <laughs> Great. Love I think that. I randomly do feel hot today because – I want to just say I was I tried the app Noom. It's supposed to be like healthy weight loss, whatever the fuck. 
I fucking hate it. I think Noom is a piece. (laughs) It's bullshit. It's essentially calorie counting. Uh, um, it's really toxic. I don't fucking like it. They make they ask you to weigh yourself every day, which I think is damaging. That's crazy. Um, I fucking hate Noom. And then so I, I was trying it because there was a free trial. So I did two weeks, and then without even asking me, they charged me hundred and forty dollars for doing it. So I obviously was like, fuck you. So I emailed them with like, please give me a refund and cancel my subscription. I'm done with Noom. And so just the past few days, like not weighing myself and not calorie counting, I'm like, wait, I'm so much happier. I even like feel like I look better. I'm just so like, fuck Noom, fuck dieting. I'm so pissed about that shit. And I also feel hot because I have leftover eye makeup for my show last night and because I've taken to wearing um, this outfit of my boyfriend, which is like these really big sweatpants and this kind of like really soft um, but thin t-shirt. And I feel really sensual when I wear it. And also like, yeah, and he makes me feel cute in it too. So I like it back. I love that. Wait, Kat, I have a question. Do you, are you like really emotionally drained after your shows on live? Because they're so intense and emo- like, how do you oh, feel? Oh, thank you. I literally feel like they're, they're like medicine to me. Like I need it so bad. Like I'm so extroverted. So I feel like I'm, all, I'm usually really tired before I do it. And then afterwards I just feel really like happy and like satisfied and proud that I like made something. Totally. Wow. But it's nice. definitely like tiring. Like I definitely feel like afterwards, you know, I, I like collapse on the couch and like eat, you know, a, eat something and like have a drink or whatever. Yeah. Does like your brain work slower? Because sometimes after I do like really intense work, I'll be like, oh, what? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But I, I just feel, no, I feel kind of hyped, honestly. It's like, it's just the best feeling. I really miss live performance so much. Me too. So it's, it's a nice, like, um, it's something, but it's not the same. But it's also a nice, this whole thing is a nice reminder that we do enjoy performing. Sometimes forget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> sometimes I know. forget that. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's a, when I do live, when I do, like, my hour live, like, afterwards, I immediately go into the dressing room and I sit in silence and I don't talk to anyone for, like, 20 minutes and then I come out. Yeah. Wait, after or before? After. Um. Do we guys, do we guys have crushes of the week? Do we guys have crushes of the week? Let me think. Oh, I do. But my like official crush always and forever. Um, and he doesn't follow me back and hasn't responded to my DM about me sending him a book. But I think I think that Jabuki is like sweetest. Not sweetest, but like I think he's so hot and so funny. He He also is very sweet. And he's also really nice. I know. So funny and hot and nice. Do you do you know do you know him? Yes, yes. Um, Okay, yeah, but he's my like Instagram. Well, let me tell you this. Well, we'll um, introduce you. Jabuki um, is the star of a indie rom-com that uh, Brian and I are in. What? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's coming out um, hopefully soon. I know they're like editing it now. We shot it in the fall. It Wait, stars, it's, it stars Jabuki, Jabuki and um, Francesca Reale from Stranger Things. Okay. And, Wait, who, and who is that again? Which person uh, from Stranger Things? Uh, I actually don't. She, I, I think I know. I think I know which one she is. Oh my god! Um, I'm so excited to go to this event and Instagram about it. <laughs> they're great, and then um, Brian and I play like their friend, like they're they're like a kind of a coupley thing, and then we're like their friend couple friends. Okay, I'm so excited. I don't know like when <laughs> it's coming out or where, but I know they're like editing it, and so. But Jabuki is so funny, and, and it was really fun, like, improvising. 
I am. My crush of the week is going to be, first of all, I totally agree with Jabuki. He's a hashtag forever crush. I'm going to um, make mine, though, our most recent guest, Nicola Coughlin, because just as I sit here, I see that she's tweeted about our episode, and she was so sweet and nice and funny, and it was such a joy. So I'm going to say she is my crush of the week, because there was something very exciting about her to me. My crush of the week is um, the entire cast of Killing Eve, Sandra Oh especially, and... um, What's her name? Fiona Shaw and then um, Jodie Comer because the show, I'm finally watching it and it's just so fucking good. And those three women are just so exquisite in the show. Incredible. It gives me everything I want. Okay, so final I, seg. Are you mad? Pat, are you mad at me? Wait, and also one, really quick, really quickly, really quickly, Adam, do you have a shout out by in you? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Um. I think that I might have a shred of pan in me, but I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. At this moment, I don't identify as pan, but I'm thinking that that might maybe be happening. I will I will update everyone. There was someone on um, the third real world Las Vegas who was pan. So I'll connect you guys. Thanks. Catherine, are you mad at me? Um. Am I mad at you? No, not at all. Couldn't I was so happy to see you. I feel like it's been way too long and you never called me when you said I, you would. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Were you avoiding it? Or no, I'm on? definitely not avoiding it. No, I'm more like de- avoiding like kind of the world outside. Because you're not in this apartment, you kind of count as the the world now, which is sad. But I oh. like But but no, not really though. But I will call you. I um just the days. Well, because I'm on this. I know, but schedule. I just got I just got really excited about our I'm idea, re- and then you don't call me. I know, I know. I'm really excited too. I promise. Okay, Adam, are you mad? Uh, at wait, me? Are you mad at me? No, <laughs> I'm actually not mad. I just no, I'm actually not mad. I just got I just got a stressful text, which is why my tone shifted. Um, okay, but no, I'm not mad at you at all. And Adam, are you mad at me? I'm not mad at either of you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm living. Now you ask us. Okay, are you are you mad? <laughs> no, literally, I could not be mad at you ever. I feel like this pod was so delightful and flew by. I can't wait till we can all hang out in person. Thank you for doing it, and I just adore you. I feel the exact same way about you, and thank you both so much for keeping all of this and all of your work going through quarantine. It's like definitely bringing like big, big smiles, which is like very much needed. Mm. Mm. And I'm absolutely not mad at you, Adam. You're one of my favorite, like, new friends of this year. And, yes, And, um, yeah, this was so much fun. You'll understand that sometimes these episodes can, like, go either way, and sometimes they can feel like a million years. And this one, even with technical difficulties, felt like it flew right by. And that um, is worth its weight and gold. It really is. Like, when it flies by, it's just, like, it's it's just such a delight. Yeah, literally. I totally agree. We had we had a lot of things to cover. And there's we even did. more. There's more to cover. And I'm sorry also we had to push it and the tech, but we just like persevered. Yeah, we persevered Paul Revere. And like and as like we talked about, like it was meant to happen this way. And it that's did. so and that's so get true. Jenny Barringer on the pod. Now she's Jenny Simpson. She changed her name when she got married. Not exactly a feminist icon, is she? <laughs> um, okay, so thank you guys for listening. Live, laugh, and love above above all else. And forever. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 
For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.